Welcome to the Everyday iRacers podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Rob. And we are Everyday iRacers, just like you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And it is a good day. Happy New Year. We're caught in between the two. Yep. Which means lots of iRacing. Getting ready for Daytona. Is it an annual tradition? If we're doing it for the second time, can we call it an annual (laughs) tradition? I don't know. (laughs) I think it is. Now that we have a, a week or so under our belt since the last update, eh, we're a little bit grumpy on that uh, last update episode. Would you agree? I think so. I kind of felt a little bad about it afterwards because it was a good update. Yeah, I'm sure that the iRacing staff probably brought it up in their meeting and said, oh, no, those guys are upset. We want them to know that we're actually fine. You know, I have a story to share with you. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, let me indulge you for a moment. I was lucky enough over the Christmas holiday to jump in and do sort of a quick race before going to bed. And I went to the hosted sessions and I found uh, Talladega Got a Pit. Anybody that likes to do a bit of Talladega knows that race, it's sort of there on a recurring basis in the hosted sessions. So I jumped into that race and you know what? I jumped into I racing Christmas party. So all the iRacing guys were in there. Nim Cross, Dave Kemmer, even Dale Jr. was in there. Dale Jr. So I'm in this race with the whole gang. I was friggin' stoked. Uh, They must have been playing with their setups or something. They were like kind of way faster than I was, and they sort of tore off. Anyway, finished the race, took a picture of the standings, posted it on our Discord saying, hey, look what you guys missed out on. I think uh, Jimmy Broadbent was in there with him too. Yeah, like I thought that was pretty awesome. Well, <laughs> jokes on me. It wasn't until the next day that I <laughs> I realized that really what it was was a race with AI, and um, <laughs> I mean embarrassing. But if you can't laugh at yourself, who are you going to laugh with? So I really put it out in the world that I was this uh, special lucky dude to do this uh, i racing to, to, to stumble into the i racing <laughs> christmas party well, and we um, all thought you had stumbled into the i racing christmas oh, party oh i know look and everybody was had a rookie license with like a 0.0 thing and i was <laughs> telling myself oh look they you know they have these special staff accounts where they can kind of go in and they can do this and honestly i swear i'm sure i pushed the button and was like hey you guys should check out our <laughs> podcast you know rob and josh everyday i racers you guys do a great job and nobody was answering i was like okay well they're all on their own, their own discord anyway you know i, I appreciate that li- you were putting in a good word for us though when <laughs> yeah. you had the chance yeah really making fun of myself here but anyway it was pretty humorous here's the thing that can happen to any of us and it certainly fooled me you posted the screenshot and i <laughs> couldn't believe it i was like how did you get so lucky and yeah <laughs> i think you texted me the next day and said it happened again and i interrupted whatever i was doing came running down and you said i don't believe it <laughs> they're all here again <laughs> and i jumped in and then it all made sense yeah yeah, yeah. we'll just leave it at that okay <laughs> so that was my i racing christmas party i was really happy to be a part of it and um yeah. i almost wish you hadn't found out I almost wish you still had that, the pure joy of crashing the the iRacing Christmas party. Uh, I went to bed that night feeling pretty special. I woke up in the morning and told my wife. She was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I had to explain who everybody was. And she's like, oh, that's great. I was like, even Dale Jr. was in it, honey. 
<laughs> oh man. Anyway, I'm glad I shared that. I might as well just too. might as well just be honest. So maybe let's briefly chat about what you've been up to since the new season. Yep. I have been farming SR and accidentally IR because both my oval and my road were in a really, really bad place. I don't even remember how they got there. I'm sure we talked about it in the podcast, but mm-hmm. they got there. Mm-hmm. And I found two ways that I can farm SR for me. And both of them are open wheel cars, Indy cars at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and F3 at Monza. And now I'm back to, you know, probably where I should be. About a 1.2 on road. IR. I've gone down to a, yeah, IR. Yep. And uh, I think I'm back to like an A4.5. Oh, yeah. Um, you're super safe. Yep. So I can go try TCR and some of these other new toys that we've got. And and I started from the pits in both. So turn one at Indy. I was there to race. And guess what? I got more top fives. I just half an hour ago, I, got a, I finished second in an F3 from the pits. Wow. So I never in the F3s, but it sounds like, well, obviously, it's carnage. It's a lot of fun. Or no. It's a lot I of mean, carnage. Maybe it's not carnage. Maybe you're just lightning oh, fast. Oh, it's a lot of carnage. Passing everybody left, right, and center. I earned my second place, but I was handed, like, let's say a fifth place. And now you're kind of back to normal. I'm back to my, you know, where I where I deserve to be. Fair enough. For, for the amount of skill that I have and the amount of time that I put in. Good stuff. I think I'll probably get back up to a 1450. Well, this is a very common theme because I was in a really deep dive. Uh, we don't need to get into where I fell apart, but you know, I don't even remember where all the bits and pieces were, but I was down there. I mean, I was pretty sure I was losing my A license. I was 1.2 or something at one point. I think for the most part, it was me jumping into, you know, TCRs and just getting banged up everywhere I went. So uh, half of it's probably my fault. See how I pin half of it on somebody else, but (laughs) (laughs) half of it was half my fault. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that's a quarter now. Yeah, but uh, nevertheless, I clawed it all back. I'm back to like an A four point three for at least another couple of days. You know, it's not going to stay there. It'll fall off pretty quick. But at least I can stick my elbows out now, and I can comfortably jump into the uh, the new TCR cars and the Mazda, which I've been enjoying for the first time in a year, really. Yeah, I can get in there and get a little bit scrappy. It's funny you say for the first time in a year because we're four months away from having been on iRacing for two years. And so I just think time is compressed. It's, you probably haven't driven Mazdas for a year and year a half. A year and a half. And I'm not trying to double check. I'm just laughing because I say the same kind of stuff. No, no, I you're right. I think it's just time flies. Look, with the new season update, with the new cars, we both bought the new Honda the TCR. And we were talking about Knock Hill in our last episode. And I'm like, I'm not buying that just for a, a week 13 race. That's what I said in the podcast. Well, I think that night I probably bought it. And it's an awesome track. So fun. And I've raced it both ways now. Week 13, it was going you know one way. And then this week in the official race, it was a reverse track. I don't know of any other tracks in the iRacing service where I've been an official where they've raced it in reverse. So it's a pretty fun track. And uh, I've really enjoyed cruising around in that Honda or, you know, in the TCR cars. And furthermore, the global Mazda, the advanced 
Global Master as what I've been doing. I did the Nordschleife in it, which was awesome. And I did a bunch at Road Atlanta, and it's just great racing. I mean, it's really close for lap after lap after lap. You know, you have your eye on, like, one guy or gal in front of you, and you're just working it. You're trying to find your way around them, and there's room for error. It's really good fun. I've really enjoyed it. I rediscovered Mazdas at the Nordschleife also, and I know you've you've been pushing for me to learn the Nordschleife, right, so we can maybe do the 24 hours. Um, I really enjoyed it, and the Mazdas slow everything down, and you actually can learn the track without just, you know, it, totally. it would be one thing to learn that track in the W12. Yep. Another in the Mazda. So, you know, it's funny that we talk about, um, we've almost been on here, what, more than a year and a half now. Hmm. The statistics came out for the end of season uh, of 2021, season four. And you can actually see this huge jump in basically at the same time you and I joined, 2020, season two. Give me some hard numbers. You have some hard numbers? I have some hard numbers. There right. were 58,000 people this time two years ago. And then okay. starting in March and April, um, two years ago, went to 100,000, 101,000, almost doubled. And and here's the good news. Here's the best part that I was really excited about. It's pretty much maintained. You want to know how many were in the last season, how many unique drivers? Yep. 97,000. Oh, no so kidding. I don't need it to grow, but I need it to not shrink. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right, it'll it'll grow eventually, I think. But but. I think we've talked about this, the COVID bubble, you know, is, is everyone going to go back to whatever else they were doing before? And the good news is all but 3000 people have stuck around or cool. at least they're being replaced. So, well, once you find it, it's pretty tough to walk away from. Agree. You know, I bet you if one were to maybe look at the total number of races uh, that were run, uh, I could see that number falling. Uh, me for one, I'm not doing the same number of races I was doing in the thick of lockdown. But nevertheless, I'm still an active racer. Well, it's funny you say that. Yeah. So one of the stats is the top 10 most active racers. And I'm not going to say anyone's last name here, but there's a gentleman named Pete who had 757 road starts. In what, the season? In just the past season. And I have some more stats for you about Pete. Okay. Don't worry. Uh, Jacob had 615 and Milos had 609. So. Talk to me about Pete. Let's talk about Pete for a second. Pete did an average of 63 races per week, right? Because oh, that's nine races a day. <laughs> doing a couple <laughs> more races than I am. I'm not doing nine races a week. Wow. No kidding. Nine, nine races, races a each day. day. Average. Huh. Maybe some days he did 11, some days he did eight, but nine average. You're obviously doing like a bunch of global mazdas or something or formula v's you know these the races that roll over every hour something like that still nine hours so guess what i was curious if pete was out there nine times a day Mm -hmm. did i ever cross paths with him and i'm happy to tell you that because of uh the racing rivals app that i have which i love i raced with pete just one time it was in a gt3 race and did you beat pete i did not he was 13th, I was 16th, but I hit the jackpot with the number two racer. So Jacob, oh, yep. I remember Jacob from just two days ago. Honestly, I was like, wait a second, I I know this guy. So Jacob had 615, that's a lot of races. I saw Jacob 12 times in the last <laughs> <laughs> in the last season. Did you send um, him an email? 
I didn't. Nope. I don't know if he has time to check his email. He and I raced together in NASCAR. We mm-hmm. raced together in Mazda at Nordschleife. We raced together in the F3. We raced together in LMP2 fixed. So Jacob is a is a man of, of many uh, pursuits. He's like a and, mini Josh. Yeah. And so here's what's interesting. So when we look at Jacob. Or maybe you're a mini Jacob. So when we look at in, in the Racing Rivals app, when I look at Jacob and Josh, we raced together 12 times, like I said. I qualified higher than him in 10 of those 12 races, hmm. and I finished higher than him in 9 of the 12 races, but Jacob won two of those, and I hmm. think the highest I got was like 6 or something. So when Jacob scores, he scores big, but other than that, I, I did. I beat him 9 out of 12 times. So. Well, those are committed <laughs> iRacers. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of races. And, and I do have one more thing I want to throw out there. Petit Le Mans and the 10 Hours of Suzuka were the two special road events over the last season. Yep. And there were 5,400 drivers in the Petit and 4,600 in the 10 Hours of Suzuka. So I think those were well populated. And Rob, you recently rediscovered Mazda. So guess what the most popular series on iRacing is? Yep, you guessed Global it. Global Mazda. Global Mazda. Mm-hmm. Second, the brand new, almost brand new Formula, Formula V. v. What it, and the third is is the uh, the most brutal, bruising series that I'm aware of, which Ferrari. is Ferrari GT3 fixed. <laughs> so those are far and away the most popular series. And the most dangerous one for RSR is is Formula V. I mm. would have thought it was Ferrari fixed, but it's it's Formula V. Cool. Those are great stats. Thanks for yep. looking them up. iRacing is alive and well. Happy to report. Now, I learned something this week that, again, a little bit embarrassed to bring this up because you'd think I would know this by now, but a little bit of SR gain knowledge, all right? You probably know where I'm going with this because you were part of it, right? When we were in our fight to maintain our A licenses because we kept losing (laughs) every race we were going into, uh, all of a sudden, I got this huge jump. I finished a race. I went and checked the results and it was like, Rob, you just gained 65, you know, 0.65, 65 SR. And we were like, what? Wow, isn't that awesome? And then, but we couldn't understand it. And we realized that when you cross over, I mean, maybe everybody else knows this, but when you cross over a number, so if I'm a B1.8 and I cross over naturally to a B2 point, you know, whatever, just cross from a one to a two, you automatically get the 0.4 plus advantage. But I thought, and I think you did too, that that only came into effect when you sort of did a license jump. Right. You know, when you were like a four. Uh, in yep. mid-season, you cleared four. You know, you were at 3.95, and then you had a nice safe race, and you just went over the four, and then all of a sudden you became like an A4.4 or five or whatever, right? Not to talk numbers anymore, but I was surprised that you got this big lift, not just with a license class progression, but you get it every time you like go up a number from a one to a two, from a two to a three, from a three to a four. Yeah, I was... Conversely, uh, that is how we got into the hole. I was down to one five. I think you were the same ballpark um, because when you drop from a four to a three and then from a three to a two and then a two to a one, guess what? As you cross each threshold, you mm-hmm. lose 0.4 extra, yep. which can get you in, into a hole, as I as we both know. Lots of experience with that in the last couple of weeks. So that's that's the uh, the extra kicker. It mm-hmm. can kick you up and it can kick you down. For sure. 
Rob, we both jumped in Talladega. Did we? Did we both jump in or I jumped in? I jumped in. I did a okay. Talladega, though. <clears throat> you did it. You did a Talladega. I, I did a Talladega with the uh, iRacing guys for the Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did a Talladega because the A-Class NASCAR yep. uh, series is at Talladega this week. And I, I jumped in and, you know, I, I knew it was going to be the, the next-gen cars because they announced it from now on. The next-gen cars are the only A-class cars you can run officially. Mm-hmm. And it was boring as all get-out. I mean, mm-hmm. it was uh, those next-gen cars still have work to do, and I think we're kind of being forced into them. NASCAR season kicks off, you know, probably in March or something like that. And so they probably wanted to have – they didn't want people running the old cars and people would complain, oh, on my TV, I see the new ones. I want to run those in iRacing. So I get why they switched. But it's kind of the end of an era. Mm. We're losing GTEs. We're losing NASCAR A-Class. And I'm not sure they were everyone's favorite car in the first place, but they're gone. You can still buy them? Yeah, you can still buy them, but not, you know, to run in your league or your Talladega got a pit or whatever, but... Yeah, I like the the Xfinity cars, you know, the B-Class oval racing. They're a little bit more loose, and the next gen is just kind of steady eddy. And we talked about this a few weeks back with the GTE. We're starting to experience the evolution of iRacing as it kind of chases the real world in the case of both GTE and the NASCAR next gen. Uh, maybe they'll get used to it and uh, maybe they'll make changes to it. Or maybe it's just whatever, a different style of racing, uh, something else to, to get used to. I mean, I mean, I couldn't bump draft you at Talladega at all in the next gen. I couldn't. It was like there's this cushion. This, cushion between the cars I, you know i could be sitting there behind you floored and still could never catch you it's kind of weird but anyway we have the xfinity cars we can go out and have fun in and we'll see where it goes one thing that happened in the last week uh, iRacing bought a company now you and i have only been part of the iRacing world for a year and a half i, I don't think they buy companies that often though here's what i got excited about the, the company they bought a couple talented developers i think they're out of germany make a game called drag it looks amazing it has great dust it has great grass beautiful trees i don't know or care what they plan to do with the game that they bought yeah. but what they bought was some some smart guys that know how to how to make grass and trees and a good looking game and and apparently great physics right so not that iRacing doesn't do a good job with all of, you know physics and the development and stuff but let's let's get some other smart guys in there and Start mm-hmm. growing some grass. I'm sure that iRacing, they know how to make nice fancy grass and they know how to do nice trees. I don't know if it's like a, a talent that they're out there looking for to d- develop that kind of stuff. I would think that it's more like background stuff, like it's engine inhibited. Saying from a guy who knows nothing about programming or software development or anything at all but i would think that that's the limitation right so when iRacing does upgrade their graphics or you know improve their grass or have nicer trees or whatever i would think that they're going to need to do a like a wholesale engine change over would you agree i I think so i think there's some core elements that they'll probably have to completely rewrite to, yeah. to enable sort of these modern because you know the video card shortage right now is keeping everyone from buying the newest graphics cards but there's some really cool stuff that you can do with a, a 2070 or a 30 3080 or whatever um that acc and others are starting to unlock and it's big news when they do right it, every youtuber spins out a video in the first 24 hours showing how great the update the updates are and 
frame rates and all these things. So yeah, I think iRacing hasn't tapped into all of the technology that's out there. And I know there's a lowest common denominator that they try to hit and that's okay. That's partly why they have 100,000 people racing online on a given yeah. season. I don't know what iRacing is going to ultimately do in the future to improve on, you know, things that we're always harping about, grass and trees and stuff. But you and I jumped on ACC for the first time in, I don't know, eight months or something, a year. Uh, and we got it going in triple screens and we just thought we'd see what it's all about. I mean, it looked good. And I can't imagine that ACC is only catering to people that have the best GPUs and so on. You know, there's lots of people in ACC with basic graphics cards, right? And at least the graphics that I could see, I mean, the grass looked great. The trees were completely different, like mm -hmm. completely different. Uh, and, you know, way more sort of track effects. And I won't even get into the sounds. I think the sounds are pretty awesome. Oh, the so, uh, force feedback transducers. Oh, my gosh. I had, I had to take a deep breath there. That was the most startling part of the whole thing. The force feedback, it's like night and day. I watched a video or I heard somebody talking about it after the fact. iRacing, I think, has their force feedback at like 60 hertz or something like that. And ACC has theirs at like 360 hertz or something, which I use as an analogy. It's kind of like playing iRacing on an office monitor, a 60 hertz office monitor versus playing on a big gaming fast, smooth as butter monitor, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it was a big difference. I didn't notice it so much with the transducers and butt kickers and stuff as much as on my steering wheel that, that my Fanatec system picked up automatically because I didn't fiddle with their settings or anything. On, uh, on Sim Commander, which works with all the Sims, yeah. I mean, it, it picked up. It was a whole different level. I, I was hitting the same curbs at the same track, and yep. it just was a whole different experience. Now, I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that that would tip me over to spending a lot more time there compared to iRacing. And the reason I've been thinking about this more and more, you know, like oh, we sacrifice, you know, some of the graphics, or we might sacrifice some of the sound or whatever. And it's so important to us. But, oh, man, the iRacing interface and the ability to go and easily choose these races to jump into and the way they have it organized is just hands down so much better than anything I've experienced in any, any of the other games. Yep. The ease of access to the community, it's awesome. Because even you and I were struggling to sort of figure out what we could jump into in ACC. I think if you had a league or something like that and you were kind of in a little bit of a, a bubble or off on mm -hmm. an island with you and, and 24 of your racing friends, um, then you can pick any sim that you want. And, mm -hmm. and I think plenty of people probably do. But if you want to jump into a big, thriving community and have all kinds of competition available to you at all hours of the day, and iRacing absolutely beats every other sim out there. Have a great podcast you can tune into every couple of weeks. That's it. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I just wanted to mention that we took a quick boo at a set of course a competizione. I'm still on team iRacing. Yeah. Big time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we... We get some big change to our sim rig, and it's new and exciting. I made seven small changes, and <laughs> <laughs> and it was great. I, I raised my keyboard. I moved the hinge to the outside, right? Just silly stuff that you kind of stare at it night after night, and you're like, maybe that'd be better over there. I moved my cup holder. Plug, finally plug in a wireless mouse. Just, just changed some things, and um, I'm loving it. And I have a few other ideas. I might move my direct drive motor back. Under you know behind the steering wheel, these all sound ridiculous, right? But but when you add up seven different changes, all of a sudden you're like ah this yeah it's just because this is kind of, you know you want to jump in here, 
and everything is right where you expect it to be and easily accessible and if you're wearing your fake sim seatbelt, you want to be able to reach your drink and uh just like yeah, all the real racers just like all the real racers maybe they're piped in through a hole in their helmet yeah you're gonna do that i don't know <laughs> do you feel like when you sit down that you are so like i put on my fake seatbelt, which i love and yep. you can laugh at me i don't care it's amazing you're missing out by not having one and then i put on my I know my headset, which feels like a helmet, and then I put on my gloves. I mean, it it feels like I'm putting myself in this cockpit, which <laughs> which would sound ridiculous if I said this on a street corner in the light of day. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here in our little corner of the world, I don't know. It's all part of it. It's all part of the immersion for me. Yeah, it's awesome. I have triple screens. I don't have the fourth screen like you do, you know, up top. Yeah. But I sit there and I think, how could I make like some kind of little roof? just to like further enclose me. Mm -hmm. I've even had cardboard out, thrown it across my monitors just to sort of see if that has a cool effect blocking out any of the other light and that kind of thing. Uh, I think about that stuff all the time. I think the next rainy weekend day, you might surprise us with an Alcantara roof. Oh, I think about it with like LED lights built into it for the uh, shadows and you know, maybe some speakers. <laughs> I do have speakers right up there. Yeah. Right in the corners. That's cool. You made some changes. Yeah, just it's the kind of stuff that, you know, is long overdue and added up. And I will add that you and I both have, we're sort of newbies on the stream deck. I think Santa brought one for you, which is awesome. Santa so brought it and I opened it three weeks early. Okay. <laughs> and then I felt guilty and I didn't play with it for three weeks. So now it's open season. Okay. Yeah. You're on Santa's naughty list. Yeah. Don't um, but we both have stream decks and I use parts of it i don't really have it set up yet the way i want it to be set up but just in the past week there's a guy who has developed a plugin for it uh, there was not an iRacing plugin for the stream deck and there is a plugin for the stream deck for iRacing now and you can find it i'm pretty sure it was on the iRacing forum it's on the iRacing forum and he's now put up a, a web page it's called iRace it like okay. iRace IT, all one word, the Stream Deck plugin for iRacing. And he's making it available for free. Of course, you can click and, and donate a few dollars, which I would encourage if you end up using it. But he's actively developing it. He is going to put it on the Stream Deck sort of plugin. Oh, network. yeah. Library. Yep. So Library. you can find it right on the Stream Deck software. Yep. We don't need to do like a big review on it or anything, but the point is it works pretty well. It's really cool. I mean, you can go in and you can use buttons for tires. You push it, it turns red, which means, you know, you don't have tires selected. You push it right, left turns green and, and it'll change that tire. And it has a lot of the iRacing settings and it does a lot of pretty cool stuff. So great job on that guy putting the time and energy into uh, to developing that because there's a lot of people out there with stream decks uh, that are iRacers and it's a lot of work to kind of cobble together a system that works well. Yep, like you said, dynamic buttons, not only do they give feedback, you drag one of them in and you have 10 choices, right? So you can kind of, you can use them to build a yep. very interactive dash. Yep, it's good. Um, oh, dash displays. So a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about dash displays and you said, oh, you know what? On SimHub, there's a community of people that have built dash displays. And when you mm -hmm. get in the, the 911 GT3, mm -hmm. it'll pull up the, the dash for that car. And so I, I did some investigation. I've got the, the cube controls wheel with the, the built-in screen. And turns out there's a Facebook group that's fairly active. And there are some folks out there that are building dashes for all the different cars. And so I've been downloading these. 
And now when I get in the LMP2 or the F3 or the 911 GT3, it actually shows at the same resolution with all the exact same graphics and fonts and all these types of things, the exact dash that you would see if you were to tip your head down or wear your VR headset in iRacing. So I don't know. I, I still can't look down at the, the dash. <laughs> if I'm on Monza and I'm on the straightaway, I can do it. But, you know, in, in a fast and furious race, I can't look down. But but if I did, I mm-hmm. would see the exact same dash that, that is just off screen in iRacing. So again, it's an immersion thing. It's pretty cool. Do you have the steering wheel turned off when you're racing? Well, my field of view is such that I can't see it. You know, I see oh, yeah. the word yep. Cosworth or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was great chatting with you, Josh, before the new year, and lots of little tidbits there since the last release. I can see it's going to be an exciting uh, iRacing 2022. It's going to be a big year. It's going to be another big year on iRacing, Rob. If you've enjoyed the show, please hit that follow button wherever you're listening to your podcasts. If you want to send us an email, you can shoot us a line at everydayiracers at gmail.com. If you'd like to chat with a bunch of fellow iRacers about all the same stuff that we talk about here on the podcast each week, you can join our Discord, and the link to join is in the description. And if we don't hear from you in Discord, which we hope you do, uh, we hope to see you on the track.